broadcasting from the Blanchestan Centre. This is Phoenix FM. The internet is a communications tool used the world over where people can come together to bitch about movies and share pornography with one another. According to the Nerd Index, you should be upside down in a junior high toilet around the clock. All your days are belong to us. We'll do it live! Tide goes in, tide goes out. Never miss communication. Video blog. It's over 9,000! My name is Foxy. The balls are a nerd. Objection! New barrel roll! Okay, everybody, you're listening to Phoenix 92.5 FM. Nerd to know basis. My name is Daryl O'Connor, and I'm joined by my new co-host, um, Brenna still on the team, obviously, but a new member of the Nerd to know family, Keno Calicine. How are things been? Very well, Dara. Happy to be here. Great to have you, man. Uh, welcome to the show. Welcome to uh, what we're doing here, near to no media, near to no basis. So, uh, you know, ho- hopefully uh, it's not too rough first time around. <laughs> <laughs> well, I've been a fan of the show for a while, so this is very exciting. Oh, fantastic, man. And um, yeah, so what we're going to do is we're, it's been a busy week. In, in in the world of nerd media and just in general but particularly this time of year because we have the Star Wars convention uh, that that's that's on um, Star Wars Celebration and then that leads into E3 and then we're building up for Comic Con so we're going to be busy yeah yeah there's a lot to cover this week for sure so let's start off with E3 uh, that's kind of like the the talking point for most most things on my timeline now I've, I've seen people talk about it and I've seen a couple of trailers but I've also seen a lot of people being disappointed by it and I'm not too shocked to be honest with you because there was up until uh, the Cyberpunk 2077 there wasn't anything that grabbed me is there anything that kind of pulled your interest uh, before we delve deep into it uh well, I'm not as big of a gamer as you are, but right. uh, I was just shocked that uh, Final Fantasy VII finally seems to be made because I have had like you know teases and things about that. This is the Final Fantasy VII remake, I should say, uh, because they've been teasing that since I was in secondary school. So I'm amazed that something has finally come out. Uh, so that was the only thing that kind of shocked me. Apart from that, nothing, as you say, nothing huge. It was nice to get a bit of Star Wars content, mm. the, but certainly Cyberpunk 2077 seems to be the one that's really set the internet on fire at the moment. Yeah, for sure. Like The, the top five stories, for sure, um, seem to be Marvel's Avengers, uh, which is the the new kind of uh, promised game. It's from Square, isn't it? This is Square Enix yeah. as well. This yeah, I hear Enix there's a bit well. of a kerfuffle with using the characters' likenesses, but not quite. That seems to have people a bit conflicted. That's why they look so like they look really, really ugly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone except for Thor actually kind of looks, you know like you'd expect but the rest of them just look very off so I don't know hopefully Marvel will just throw money or, or you know be like here just use whatever but I'm sure it's just because of where we're at now where you know all those actors contracts are kind of up and they don't probably want to pay 15 million dollar each to just use them in the game but you know I, I think at this point if because it is like an MCU tie-in or that's the impression I'm getting it makes more sense to use the MCU actors but look at the moment it is what it is I don't know have you ever played um, are you a fan of the Marvel games or when was the last time you played one I used to be big into them to be perfectly honest the the last one I played was that Facebook game if you ever saw that the oh, Avengers yes. Alliance yes, that was yes, the last yes. one I played in a big way but um I think the problem is it's that obviously an MCU story that with those characters is exciting. It just seems like the game is going visually sort of using their costumes and mm, things, but, not, but not going the whole way. If they were just very comic booky, I don't think this would be an issue. So I understand this 
kind of being in the continuity, kind of looking like them, but not quite. It mm. seems like a bit of a strange creative decision on their part. Did you play Marvel Ultimate Alliance? I did, yes. Yeah. I was a huge fan of that. That's kind of what they seem to go for here, but they should have just went comic booky the way that was because, you know, that even though that, that came out in 2008, I think, um, uh, if I'm correct on that. Yeah, 2006. Yeah. So yeah. it was... Um, it wasn't in the MCU at all, but they still used the comic book characters and it was, you know, it was fine. So maybe to make a step back there would have, would have made more sense, but sure. Look, I'm going to withhold my judgment on it. I can get over it. I can get over <laughs> this. Um, I recently picked up the new, uh, Marvel versus Capcom game that came out recently. And, uh, Oh yeah. Any good? Well, people hated it. Like a lot of folks hated it because it wasn't like Marvel versus Capcom three, um, which you know had all the major characters in it. It was more MCU focused, and you know I got over it. I got over the weird looks of the the characters, and it was, it's actually a very very fun game. It's it's a lot more like the old ones from way back in the day, kind then, of more arcadey like. It's actually it's more arcadey and less arcadey because if you played Marvel vs. Capcom two or three, it's it's like it, but not instead of having your three characters, you only have two. So it's okay. more like a tech and tag tournament than anything else. Okay, but like you've hit upon an interesting point there, which is, I mean, I understand this sort of urge to lean into the MCU because mm. you have sort of in the DC camp, you have games like the Injustice kind of fight em ups, you have the sort of Arkham Asylum series, and all of them are able to be their own thing alongside the Dark Knight and Dark Knight Rises and mm. Man of Steel and all that kind of stuff. And they have their own followings outside of that ongoing continuity. So I think it may have just been like... I personally don't understand the decision to sort of lean into the MCU in that way, yeah. but not go all the way. Yeah, it's weird. Like, it, well, the DC one makes sense because obviously, like, their cartoons and their games are actually better, and the comics are usually better than the movies. Um, mm-hmm. So, they're, you know, they kind of know what way their bread is buttered. But it, with, with Marvel, it seems to be the other way. It's like everything, with the exception of the movies, is terrible. Like, I don't know, but it's it's weird. You know, like I don't, I read a lot of comics, but I couldn't tell you the last time I bought a non-Spider-Man comic. Yeah, yeah. Well, actually, you lean into a good point as well. The Spider-Man game that was out last year, was it? Or early this year. That was a huge success. Mm -hmm. Nothing to do with the MCU, but because it was a good game, it really took off and became its own thing. Mm, I think that's important to kind of have that, you know, because if if you're kind of putting all your eggs into one basket, it limits what you can do. And, you know, it's the same with um, Enter the Spider-Verse, the movie that came out. That yes, one got through yes. the MCU, you know, but it's weird that Spider-Man can do that. And I think it's 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 a Marvel thing where they're kind of almost afraid to to get outside that comfort zone because they never really had it. Like, this is the first time they've had that comfort zone ever, really. Um, when they're like, okay, we know this is successful um, rather than, you know, taking a big risk because it's like they took the biggest risk of all time making the making the mcu in the first place Mm. but um i don't know it's we'll have to wait and see i'm probably going to pick it up i liked ultimate alliance a lot so if if it mirrors that and in spite of anything i'm a big square enix fan so like i certainly am intrigued it certainly looks very like apart from the faces and stuff it certainly looks very visually appealing which square enix games always are to be honest with you it's not what i thought it was going to be I, I was expecting something completely different. So when that dropped, I was like, "Okay, this this is this is is what it is," you know. Um, I don't know if you ever played the the original run of the MCU games that Sega made. 
um you know thor iron man iron man 2 and stuff. yes i do remember i had the iron man game they had ones that coincided with the movies which is something that's really dipped off in the past decade it hasn't doesn't it? exist anymore i think that's super weird you know it's mm. just it's i remember you know there used to be a game that came out for every movie and now it's like doesn't happen yeah i still have my batman begins game which had like the full voice cast of the film and like had the arkham mechanics and that was great crack mm, it was it wasn't it? That, that game wasn't wasn't the best like none of these games were the best but to be fair iron man one was was actually not bad and the hulk game is reskin of hulk ultimate destruction mm. which is a fantastic game but if the cool thing is if you actually have iron man you get the hulk buster armor in the hulk there you go. You get little tie-ins. Like from what I hear, the Wolverine X Men Origins game was much better than the oh, film. Man. You have that fluke now and again. That like. game is so good. Oh, you played it, yeah? Oh, I, I've <laughs> I, I've played it like four or five times. Uh, <laughs> it's just so much fun. Like it's it's the most fun Wolverine experience you can have because it doesn't follow that movie at all. It's its own yeah, thing. Yeah, yeah. Uh, pick it up. It's like eight euro. It's super fun. I'm picking up all the classic games now at the moment, so I'm certainly uh, going to put that on the list. It's it's it. You know, I like it so much. I actually have a poster of it on my wall. Like, so are you serious? Oh, I'm deadly serious. Yeah. <laughs> um, oh, that's excellent. Yeah, it's very good. It's very very good. Um, there's a good video actually. I'll pop it in the description of this on um on SoundCloud. And I'll send it to you of uh, a guy reviewing it and why it's such a good game. So it's like 20 minutes. I think you I think you'll dig it. Oh, I'm really looking forward to it then. Yeah. So the next thing, obviously, we've talked about Final Fantasy VII. Um, look, you know, I remember you know this being announced I'm, i was a big fan of final fantasy 7 when i was younger um you're well it's one of those tentpole games exactly. it's always in yeah. the top 100 this that the other you know everyone kind of is aware of final fantasy 7 yeah but how many people have played it is another thing <laughs> you know yeah, it's, i it's suppose thing, so yeah. certainly i've played it quite a lot oh for sure yeah it's like war and peace now though like everyone knows what it is but very few people have played it um yeah do, yeah how, that's a good comparison how do you think it's held up like it, not talking about the remake but the actual game itself have you returned to it recently or I, funnily enough last year i actually was playing the original 10 Final Fantasies in order it has held up quite well it's a good I, I, for lack of a better term a page turner game it's just it keeps you going the character stuff keeps going the story just keeps you hooked in the one thing I will say is that there's quite a lot of aspects to it that you mentioned the war and peace analogy there's quite a lot of goofy aspects to it that I think have been kind of forgotten in the sort of over gritty looking back on it like little things like I think there's a segment where Cloud is dressed up as a woman and has to go and do a goofy side quest yeah. and there's like yeah. lots of odd humor which is appropriate to that series yeah. but in all of the sequels your Dirge of Cerberus your Crisis Core I think they've been sort of phasing that aspect of it out so be interested to see what this new version of Final Fantasy 7 is like compared against the original everyone forgets that mission Oh really? Yeah, it's it, like, and I forgot about it as well until I was watching a video review of it, and then he's like, "I came across this mission and I forgot it was a thing," and I'm like, "Oh yeah, so did I." <laughs> so it's it'll, it'll be funny to see like what they've decided to keep. Like the Final Fantasy series, as like I'm not a, I'm not a gigantic fan of it because I just couldn't like I was too busy trying to keep up with. Um, oh, I've played every single one. I'm oh, a man. huge Final Fantasy nerd. But look, I, I've been trying to. I, I love Kingdom Hearts and oh, I've yeah. all Kingdom Hearts games. And I can't even follow that continuity. So with Final Fantasy, I'm like, no, I give up. <laughs> it's just too <laughs> don't, complicated. Well, don't bother with the Final Fantasy continuity. Even they kind of are making it up as they go along. Like ten is set before seven, is set before this, is set before that. But um, just one other thing, while we're talking about Final Fantasy seven, I sure. think something else that people have forgotten about it is cloud isn't cool 
He yeah. is the typical sort of spiky-haired sort of wannabe hero guy. And in a lot of adaptations since then, he's been sort of rewritten into a cool, badass-voiced, sold horde. And with Actually, Kingdom Hearts was kind of the first step on that journey for him. So I'd be interested to see if they've like completely retooled his character or kept it the way it originally was. I hope I hope they don't take that away because if they do, then it kind of ruins the, the the purity of the of the remake, you know. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So if you're going to do the remake, you know, have it warts and all, and you know, what what I do like is um the way they remade Fable, um the original Fable. You can oh, actually yeah. hit a button and change the graphics, and they did it with uh, Halo as well. Yes, the Halo, they released the first three as a package, and just by hitting a button, you could switch from the old graphics to the new graphics. Yeah, yeah that was a sweet little feature. I think that's a really cool kind of idea. So, mm-hmm. you know, there's one thing to be said about games and the way you remember them, but a, f- a friend said to me, he goes, right, the way you remember games, you always remember games in the current graphics, which is actually mm-hmm. a very good point. Like, if you think about a game you've played, you remember it in current generation graphics, and then you go back yeah. and play it, and you're like, oh. Yeah. Oh, the pixels. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I recently went back to, like, um, Rogue Squadron and, like, the Phantom Menace game on the PC, and you see the pixels now and that kind of stuff. But having said that, I'd still rather that than, like, this weird sort of companies almost being ashamed of the way the games used to be, like, yeah. trying to kind of fix it up and patch it up and all that kind of stuff. I, I quite like the charm of the old graphics. I thought that Halo thing you mentioned was a lovely little feature. Just sort of embrace the nostalgia of the way things were and how far we've come and all that kind of stuff. Well, one of my favorite games of all time is Vampire the Masquerade, the first one. Oh, yeah. And the, it's not a pretty game and it's a very broken game and no <laughs> patches, but I will, like, every computer that I set up for people, every, every you know, every time I'm talking to someone, I either will install it for them or pressure them to install it or buy it for them. Because I'm like, you need to play this game, you know. And it's, it's, it's not a, it's not a pretty game, but I think the charm of it kind of carries through. Same with the um, Oblivion as well. Like you know, mm. if a game has that, that beauty and that kind of uh, replayability, the page turner aspect that you said is, you know, that's that's the best way to put it. And actually, speaking of the old Star Wars games, they're getting re remade now for the PS4. Oh yeah. Or they're going to be released on a PS4 store so they'll patch them up and fix them and it'll be fun to play. So I'm looking forward to that. So which games is it that they're doing? They're doing Shadow of the Empire. Excellent. Which is a good choice. And they're doing Road Squadron, I think, as well. Oh, fantastic. So good choices. Mm. Um, another thing, actually, speaking of Star Wars games, Star Wars Jedi Falling Order uh, gameplay trailer popped and that uh, looks amazing. Yes, uh, I think they released some like sort of gameplay footage and stuff, didn't yes, they? It looks they did. like there's some interesting mechanics in it. Now, it's not as good as Jedi Knight where you can, you know, dismember people with lightsabers, mm. but it's still pretty good. Well, it's certainly like just from a trailer, it seems to be embracing the like the Inquisitors from the cartoon Star Wars Rebels are mm. there. It's in that whole no man's land between kind of episode three and episode four. So like if there's, I mean, Disney seem content to build their own lore on the Star Wars, which I know lots of people have mixed feelings about. But if they're introducing all of these new elements and making them flow together and all that kind of stuff, I, I appreciate that kind of workmanship yeah. as far as the sort of Star Wars story goes. And no, I, I think the further we move away from the new trilogy, the more success they're going to have. Like when the new Star Wars movie comes out, which is going to be on Kotor, you know, I think that will be received a hell of a lot more positively than, you know, anything that was released 
up until this point other than um, Rogue Rogue One, and it's like yeah. it's dude the same with books. I don't know if I don't know if you read the Star Wars books before. Star Wars um, bought, yes, did you? actually, I'm currently reading the original Timothy Zahn trilogy, and uh, we're good. reading the newest one at the moment. Me and my girlfriend, Queen's Shadow by E. K. Johnson. So we're nice. trying to catch up on all the Star Wars books at the moment. I remember well when I started reading them. Obviously, it was when you know the last hours movie was uh, Revenge of the Sith, right? Yeah, yeah. So there's no hope of another Star Wars movie. So I just read through them, and I always found that the better ones were, the, with the exception of I Jedi, which if you haven't read, that's that's the best Star Wars novel. Wow, I'll put that on my list yeah. then. Certainly, it's called Catan Story. Oh yeah, yeah. It's 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 based um, after after Return of the Jedi, but it's about Cal Gatan embracing becoming a Jedi, and it's it actually is spectacular. It's really good. It's really thick, so I think you'll really dig that. It's it's almost as good as Timothy Zahn's uh, Tron trilogy. Wow, that yeah. is high praise. Yeah, yeah, and you'll read it and you'll you'll see why it's it's really really good. But anyway, I I always found that the. It was a, there was a lot more to play with with the old Republic stuff. So when you had the Darth Bane trilogy, obviously Revan stuff, and anything that was kind of able to play a little bit far away or even really far into the future, um, I always felt that was more fertile than you know trying to pack in Luke Skywalker. You know, or yeah, pack you've in got Skywalker. kind of a broader canvas to play with. You don't have all these kind of sacred elements you have to jam in and that kind of stuff. So I'm hoping when Star Wars rolls around now, I think Disney have realised that as well. Like, you're damned if you do, you're damned if you don't with, with Star Wars at a certain point. Um, yeah, yeah. Everyone has strong feelings on Star Wars. Exactly. Like, But actually, um, I must confess, I'm not really up on my Old Republic stuff. How would you describe sort of Knights of the Old Republic, that kind of whole star wars story to someone who'd never come to it before it's the reason why everyone bought an xbox <laughs> <laughs> certainly a good starting place it wasn't halo like you know yeah okay halo was great but i remember buying an xbox solely because one i couldn't afford a good computer and two i was like i need to play this game so it's basically it's set like tell twenty thousand years before uh yavin uh the battle of yavin 4 and it's um kind of it's a period where the jedi are you know a huge order and the sith are a huge order and there's worlds to explore and pre- pretty much it's you know it's baby's first rpg but it's a it's a fantastic story and the first time you play it even if you play it now um replaying it as a as an adult knowing what's going to happen it's still really really fun so i'd say if if you, if you haven't if no one's ever played it before or if you never experienced it you can get it on GOG, um, or if you have an old Xbox, you know, but you pick up a copy, super cheap, and um, sit down and clear 12 hours and you'll enjoy it. Second one's not too great without the patch because it was rushed, but the first one is, you know, if you're a fan of Mass Effect as well, like this is where, on Dragon Age, this is kind of the game that invented everything that... Sort of open-ended, choose-your-way type, build-your-relationships type gaming, yeah? Yeah, all, all, uh, all actions have consequences as well. Oh, which is a big thing, because like, now you have Telltale, and you have um, all the kind of... Uh, is it David Cage games to have really... Kind of, this was the first game that really did that in a big way, wasn't it? Yeah, because obviously you have the, the, the Force, you know, the, the light and dark side, so they were really kind of... They really ran with that. Mm. Now, my question is, do you think that would translate... Because, as you say, the game is 12 hours long at a conservative guess. Do you think that would translate well to... A relatively shorter movie then for an audience who isn't familiar with the game uh depends like if it's a trilogy apparently 
so yeah you could you could set that up you know you could have the first movie being revan as you know as a jedi Mm. um going off to fight in the mandalorian wars you know second movie mandalorian wars you could even just call it that Mm. and then third movie you know kind of either do the whole the whole story of kotor or you know split that up or even you know kind of break it up into depends where you want to go but what i'd imagine they do is they'd have you know well actually depends what they wanted to do if they wanted to just spoon feed everybody that story fine that's what mm. they do but if they wanted to just replicate Kotor they'd have to break it up into three movies where you literally just start as a you know you don't know who this is and then you, you, you're I'm trying not to do spo- I'm trying not to do spoilers that's the problem I appreciate that I'm trying thank not you. to do spoilers that's the problem so you'd kind of have to just go with the movie and break it up into bits 12 hour game 3 hour movies there you, you, it's possible it's very very possible and look we've seen that um uh wise and can't remember the second guy's name from game of thrones um but we've seen they're awesome when they have material to just trim down and go with that's it's, a good point yeah yeah, yeah, it, yeah. it's only when they're expected to write material where cracks start to form mm. so you think if they like took that 12 hours of material and made it into three movies it could translate well i think it, i think it'd be a perfect little trilogy because it's nice it's self-contained and then obviously you can expand out further with what i said previous um and it could just keep going for as long as you wanted it to go but definitely like it'd be very hard to mess up nights without the public considering the fact that the story's already there they just have to adapt it yeah that's true i think i'm a little bit shy because like i think historically video games being adapted into films haven't had a fantastic track record that's true that's very true but see this isn't really a video game this is a star wars story Mm. and that's i think that's the important thing to make like it's now if you're trying to adapt the force unleashed yikes yeah you, you, (laughs) you know that would be a bit more difficult but like kotor is great because it is a story you know like yeah there's some elements too but there's not loads of action in it you know what i mean it was never that kind of thing it was about exploring and you know kind of unraveling the story and there's so much talking in it actually knights of the public has the best star wars character in it as well um in the second one uh, darth kreia oh yeah uh, her philosophy is you know there's there's an eight hour philosophy lecture on youtube just about kreia holy moly that's a sign of a good character yeah so she's very good like that whole that whole element of star wars is super deep and you know you'd have to do a lot to to, to mess it up you know but um man seriously you, you have to play uh, knights of the public i think you'll, you'll really like it i've been really looking forward to it as soon as it goes backwards compatible or i can find an old xbox i will be all over that grand well i'm gonna hold you to that so we'll talk about it when you get to it um kind of uh touching base here again with e3 before we go to break uh project scarlet speaking of xbox mm-hmm. it's the new xbox coming out now i kind of gave up with xbox and xbox one so i have a ps4 but uh you know as you're saying backwards compatibilities you know seems to be the name of the game here with xbox how excited about that oh anything i can because like i must confess i just haven't had the money to get the new consoles beyond sort of the playstation 3 and stuff because with the playstation 3 like i bought it at a huge expense uh and then kind of the first wave of games that came out didn't appeal to me and Mm. like that is kind of if you're only a casual gamer it does feel like a bit of a calculated rich risk getting something yeah and the games aren't there to meet it i think the only things that were out at the time were assassin's creed and uncharted and that kind of stuff like uh, but yeah, so more backwards compatibility. I think their games is still one of the best storytelling mediums, and 
it's a shame that a lot of certain games are locked behind certain consoles, I think, and that kind of stuff. So as much of that as possible, I think. And the more backwards compatible they are, the more people will be willing to take chances on consoles, on games, because it's a bit like where you can watch everything on Netflix. It's yeah. like all these games should be available to people who just want to take an interest. Like exactly, I I agree with you there, hundred percent. Like it's, <laughs> I ended up just buying a PS4 because I wanted to play. I actually bought it not for any great games. I got it for uh, not like graphic rich games. I got it for the new Sonic game. Oh yeah, and the South Park game, and that was it. But you know, you know, I I was just I wasn't going to buy. Uh, I wasn't going to buy an Xbox just to have them and that. And it would have been a point where you would have done that. But now it's like, uh, I'm happy enough just going back and playing the older games. Like, I, I have an Xbox original and I play that pretty much consistently when I'm not, you know, playing the older games on PS4. Like, at the moment, actually, I'm working through um, Saint Row 4. I just love, oh, yeah. I love Saint Row 4. If anyone's on my Twitch, um, they can see me, you know, playing that. It's, But, you know, that's an older game. That's, that's an old game now at this point and... I it just it just, it says a lot when the state that gaming is in nowadays. It's kind of embarrassing that the older games are more appealing. But as we've talked about, E3 is presenting options and really good choices. You know, Cyberpunk mm. twenty seventy seven is a game that I'm pretty much going to pre order straight out of the bat. Like I was going to do it anyway because I love Cyberpunk like a lot. But now Keanu Reeves is in it. Holy cow, man! That's- yes, yes, it's uh, everyone on my Facebook feed is going crazy for that. It's um. This is from the same company that did the Witcher games, right? Yeah, uh, the Polish developer. They did the Witcher games, and this is their next big product. I have to say, the Polish developers, you know, fair play to them. They run GOG. Um, they released, um, uh, what's it? Kingdom Come Deliverance, which is fantastic yeah. if you haven't played it. Uh, and, you know, they really, when something comes out of Poland, it, it really doesn't uh, hold back. But going really cyberpunk um, is great. You know, it's been so long. And actually, if you look at games, it's very hard to find a good cyberpunk game. Because I've mm. tried. <laughs> uh, the one before it is uh, The Observer. That's quite a good game. Um, but cyberpunk games are difficult. So I'm excited. I suppose because you really have to build up that lore in a game. And I do feel like just on a purely speculative level, because downloadable content is so much of a thing, there seems to be less of an urge to really build a complete game with a complete world now. There's a lot of multiplayer platformers and all this kind of stuff. I think, yeah, it's. I'm very excited for this game because it seems like everything in the kitchen sink has been thrown in. Even just in the trailer, there's a working world with its logic and technology and all that kind of stuff. And I just don't think you get that quite as often anymore. It's You, you can't really take shortcuts you know i mm. think if there were and you know this developer doesn't take shortcuts to be honest with you but if if like we were in an age where for the past 10 years the biggest game was a cyberpunk game mm. yeah people would be sick of it but the biggest game that people have played was you know was either fallout which is not cyberpunk or mm. skyrim which was obviously medieval so i think this will kind of get more people into it and you know the fact that you have keanu reeves who's like the reason why I love Keanu Reeves, people have asked me, is because he's a king of cyberpunk without mm. even trying to be. He just is. You know, like one of my favorite movies is Johnny Mnemonic. Um, oh, yeah. If people haven't seen Johnny, Johnny Mnemonic, go watch Johnny Mnemonic. Uh, my favorite author is uh, Philip K. Dick. 
Oh, I just finished reading Durandoy's Dream of Electric Sheep. Yeah, that's a good example of like a really like well thought out work and world. It's only a two hundred page book actually, and, which uh, caught me by surprise considering how long the movies are. Like, well, another one is William Gibson. Mm-hmm. If you've ever read any William Gibson stuff, I'm afraid not. No, uh, you should. He, he invented the term uh, cyberspace. Oh really? Yeah, and he pretty much invented the idea of the internet like as a thing mm. without even trying to be. It's just it's great. You know, actually if you've seen the movie Hackers um, Oh I have, yes. Yeah, do you know the way they say, Oh, we gotta hack the Gibson man? That's a <laughs> reference to William Gibson. So so that's brilliant. I haven't thought about hackers in ages. Jeez, oh, I'd love to see how it's aged. Oh terribly, but it's incredible. <laughs> I watch I watch that movie every six months and I listen to the soundtrack constantly. Mm. Uh it's 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 great. But um yeah, look, as I said, you know, Keanu Reeves there's no better man really to be in that to be in that game. Yeah. And now it's great to see that he's getting the recognition because he just out of nowhere he's just become like the internet's favorite actor. Yeah. So it's it's great, you know, but he's been in some really 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 terribly awesome movies. Mm. So I'm, you know, I'm thrilled, but we're going to take a break, take our first break and then when we come back we'll uh, we'll finish up with this and, and deep dive into more topics. All right guys, um we'll talk to you after this quick break. Okay, so you're listening to the podcast and you're wondering, well, what if I want to listen live and I'm not in Ireland? Well, don't worry. Go over to www.nerdtoknowmedia.com. On the webpage at the bottom, there is a link to the Phoenix FM stream. Check out the details of the show you want to listen to and you'll be able to catch us live. Don't forget to tweet in nerd2, the number 2, no, 92.5. Of course, you can contact us via the contact tab on the website over on nerdtoknowmedia.com. from the Blanchestan Centre. This is Phoenix FM. Okay, guys, welcome back to Nerd to Know Basis here on Phoenix 2.5 FM. NerdToKnowMedia.com and where all other good podcasts are made available. We're on Spotify, iTunes, uh, streaming on Twitch, all that good stuff. So, you know, there's no excuse for not listening to us. <laughs> uh, all right, so we're going to get back into it. Um, okay, so we're going to switch gears away from E3 um, because we kind of you know talked about that enough. There was um, some controversy now about the Godzilla franchise. Oh, yes. Um, uh, I'm afraid I haven't seen King of the Monsters yet. Do I understand it hasn't been quite as well received as they were hoping? Well, I haven't seen it yet either. I'm going to go see it this weekend. I'm really excited to see it. Um, mm. From what I... I've heard it's not that it's been it's been see, it's been received very well from people who've seen it, but critics have said there's too many dinosaur fightings in it. I'm like, <laughs> what what did you expect this movie to be? Yeah, 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 yeah. I must confess, the only one I've seen in the series is Kong Skull Island, and that was one of my favorite movies of that year that came out. I loved it to bits. I loved its style. I loved its characters. It wasn't a deep movie, but it knew what it was doing, and like. It's uh, it's funny to think that actually this monster universe is kind of the only universe apart from Marvel and DC that are still in the ongoing universe game, well, apart from Star Wars as well to some degree. Yeah, but uh, I actually I don't know if you if you watch Mid- Midnight Mid- Midnight's Edge their YouTube yes, channel. Yes, yes, yeah. huge fan of theirs. Me too, me too. And they did a really really good video explaining this this issue. Basically, people don't realize that Godzilla and King Kong are a universe mm. 
and that's kind of the problem and to be fair if I wasn't actively watching channels like that I wouldn't really know either because mm. they didn't really there was a couple of references to it but basically Godzilla came out people liked it because Brian Cranston was in it and then people didn't like the second half of the movie yeah. uh, really that much but then Godzilla came, uh, sorry then King Kong came out people love Skull Island mm. um I think just yeah, did... it was a bit of a sleeper hit, wasn't it? It was, yeah, Island. yeah. Like I, I saw it for the first time on a plane, going over to the states for work, and my friend was like, "Did you see Skull Island?" I'm like, "No," and he goes, "Watch it now." I'm like, "All right." So I was like, "This is a good movie," <laughs> but uh, I, you know, I didn't see it in the cinema because I was like, "Oh, I have no interest." I didn't realize it was related to it. So I think that's kind of the same thing. People, it's been eight years since Godzilla came out. People don't realize that King Kong was related to it. So really, is it eight years eight since years. the Brian Cranston one? Yeah, yeah. Holy moly. Well, it's funny. It's because I, I was thinking of, you know, the Batman versus Superman the other day, not to sort of dwell on that because I know it's been out a while, but that leaned so hard into building up its universe. And like the monster universe almost has the opposite problem where they're not tipping their hand quite enough as far as the connections between the movies go. Yeah, that's the thing. You know, it's um, like when when world building is done good, it's a great thing. When it's shoehorned, it's terrible. And I think yeah. the fact that these guys had a plan for what they wanted. They obviously wanted to have this fight. And look, the movie's made. That's the thing. God's Delivers King Kong is made. Mm. It's just, it's in post-production now. And post-production is where the money's spent. So it's been, it's been pushed back. Uh, it's still released for 2020, but we don't know exactly when. And this could be maybe to build up the hype machine for it. Because... Godzilla King of the Monsters it's not doing great um, but I think what will happen is it'll be saved by DVD mm. and then when it goes over to Asia as well that's where the big market is so once it goes to Japan and China and stuff like that that's that's probably when it'll make its money back yeah I'm not a big numbers person but I mean we're still talking about the Godzilla 2014-2015 we're still talking about Skull Island I think these things unlike a lot of other movies like you know three Marvel movies here, these things do hang around and mm. people keep taking an active interest in them. So I don't, in spite of the numbers, I don't think the second Godzilla will flop no. to any measurable degree. I like, just want to say, I, I think it was 2014, so that's four, five oh, years ago. Oh, I see. Five years ago, yeah. It wasn't eight years ago, sorry. Still a long Still time. Still a long time ago. A long like time they, ago, yeah. Considering the rate, the rate these universes go, you know? Well, what, we had um, we had the, the dark universe from Universal and I barely made it one movie. So, yeah. <laughs> I, have a, I have a lot of thoughts on The Mummy. I'll save that for another day. But uh, I, I knew it was going to be bad and I took my brother to see it. He oh. didn't know. I just, oh, he's never forgiven me for that. Oh, no. We, you know what? We'll put a pin in that, actually. And I think we'll do a special on that show. Cause now lovely, be lovely, lovely, lovely. Um, well, man, yeah. We could talk about that's another two hours by in and of itself. <laughs> Come back for our 12-part series oh. on The Mummy 2017. Why it failed. <laughs> Why it yeah, failed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but, um, you know, that, that's thing. You know, when everybody wants to be... Whenever you... There's a, a friend of mine who used to say about wrestling, you know, whenever you move, five stars, nothing is. And that's kind of the way it is with the you know, the interlinked universes. When it's... Yeah. When, it, when, every, when everything is a, an interconnected universe, you know, nothing really matters. Speaking of, of Interconnected Universe here, we have uh, Jessica Jones' new trailer. Now, here's the weird thing about that. I thought Jessica Jones was cancelled. What's going on? It's uh, Yes, I'm actually a huge fan of Jessica Jones and of that, uh, the kind of Marvel Netflix universe, which is sadly gone now. Um, it's 
what seems to be happening is a bit like you were saying about the Godzilla already being made, but they're doing post-production and all that. The Jessica Jones was the last Marvel Netflix series in development when unfortunately all of these series were rescinded because of the Disney Plus and all that kind of stuff. So it looks like this third Jessica Jones series will be kind of the last hurrah for the Defenders, Marvel, Netflix universe, whatever you'd call it. And Jessica Jones certainly has, I'd argue, probably the best track record of all of those series overall. So if nothing else, it's nice that that's the one that kind of ties up that little series there. So this is kind of like, that's it. They're not going to do anything else with the characters. It's, it won, it's one and done, basically. No, unfortunately, the now obviously I don't want to get into sort of big, the complicated details of it, but from what I understand, Disney is starting their own sort of competitive streaming service called Disney Plus. Yes. And they're going to make all the Marvel properties like a Loki series, a Scarlet Witch series, a Falcon series, whatever you'd like to call it. And Netflix don't want to be promoting Marvel on their own competitive service. So almost overnight, they cancelled all their Marvel Netflixes. Daredevil's gone, Luke Cage is gone, Iron Fist is gone, The Punisher is gone, and now this Jessica Jones is cancelled in all but name, unfortunately. This looks like it's going to be the last four of those characters. That's really upsetting. Yeah, I really, I really, really like those series. I mean, I know people were disappointed it didn't tie in more with the movies, but it was nice to have adult stories in that Marvel universe. Yeah, you know, they really should... They really should just... Mm bring those characters not all of them because you know I, I think there's a sp- I think there is a space for um, smaller stories in the Marvel Universe yes yes that was the appeal of um, I suppose the Spider-Man film that came out a year or two ago Homecoming was it that it wasn't yeah. uh, we have to save the world thing it was just a small story set in one small part of America like and I like that you know I t- and it's it's something that I think will kind of be the future of the MCU for the most part for these smaller stories because like mm. there's only so many times you can save the world. Yeah. And then, Even Captain Marvel yeah. was a relatively smaller story. I know it ended with a big space fight but it was mostly just kind of on the ground with two or three characters running around the place. Yeah. Because like you know if you keep raising the stakes eventually the stakes mean nothing and you know I, I think w- when the MCU starts pa- and that's why I like Doctor Strange actually quite a lot oh that's one of my favourites I dressed up as him at the 2018 Comic Con huge <sighs> fan of that film and I have to say your your uh, your your family's cosplay in Bildi is amazing so fair play you guys kill it <laughs> thank you very much you guys kill it it's unreal uh, you know it really is kind of puts any attempt that I've made to shame Oh, well, I'd be looking forward to seeing that, too. Not to get too far off topic, but since we're talking about the Marvel Netflix universe, I believe, is it Mike Coulter, the actor who's playing Luke Cage, will be at this year's August Dublin Comic-Con? Yes. If anyone misses that universe and wants to say hello to him and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, and we will be uh, doing our annual coverage of DCC again uh, Mm -hmm. when it gets a bit closer to the to august but uh for for time being it seems like they're they're now some pretty pretty good guests like it's always it's always a good show anyway so i'm kind of excited yeah, to yeah, see yeah. who the guests are going to be um yeah like it's it sucks with the mcu like we're kind of at this point where i'm cautious i i was ch- kind of checked out after endgame because i'm like i kind of had a good wrap-up I'm mm. kind of brought back into it now with Spider-Man and Spider-Man uh, Far From Home because, you know, obviously the possibility now of the multiverse. Mm. And if that oh, ha- is that, that's the next big thing, is it? Do you I, know I what the hot... So. 
Marvel rumors are at the moment or I know what a few of them are uh, from I'll tell you what I, I will I will say what I have heard and then you can kind of speak to that um, by all means so I've heard that the plan obviously is to kind of go with this parallel universe kind of thing where mm. they're Edge of Edge of Spider Edge of, of Spider Verse was kind of like the test for that as well, so that's kind of where they're going. They're going to be able to explore different stories of it, and that's how we're going to get the X Men in, in the MCU. That's how we're going to get. Ah, uh, I didn't think of Fantastic that. They've gone back Four. to Marvel now, haven't they? They have. So this is how the Fantastic Four is probably going to come back in. How X Men's going to come back in. There's talks of this. How Deadpool is going to arrive in the Marvel Universe. He's going to be in Spider Man Three apparently. Yeah, I've been scratching my head about how, you know, the relatively conservative Disney brand would do a Deadpool movie. I don't see how that character can work <laughs> well, without the, an R rating. Well, here's, here's the thing, you know, I don't know if you ever watched the cartoon Deadpool, Spider-Man crossovers. No, I read the comics, but I haven't seen Deadpool in any cartoons or anything. It works. And I think what the plan is, and this is what they've said the plan is pretty much going to be, Deadpool movies will be R still. Mm. However... Deadpool crossover events won't be. Ah, so, I see. Okay. So he'll still probably make a couple of raunchy jokes, and it'll, you know there'll still be some violence, but he won't be. You know, there'll be a lot less dick jokes. So, you know, yeah. and, and that kind of stuff, and, and swearing and that. But I don't think it's too far outside the realm of possibility that this could work because we've seen it work before. People just like Deadpool, the character, you know, and. Uh, so yeah that's what the plan is they're just going to let Deadpool be his own thing because mm. like there's no point recasting Ryan Reynolds you know the recast if they recast Deadpool Ryan Reynolds will just show up anyway you know it's like, no he is kind of like Iron Man it's just there's no you can have as many act, Batman actors as you want but it's, you can't really replace certain characters and yeah. Deadpool's definitely one of them exactly like you know Batman works whoever they get usually but Iron Man like, Iron Man in the MCU Iron Man in general it is just Robbie Downer Jr. They're the same person, you know. Um, you know, with uh, and the same with Ryan Reynolds. Like he was born to be Deadpool, you know. It just yeah, works. and he clear and he clearly loves it. Yeah, like just from everything he does online and like all that kind of stuff. Well, the all fact, the extra work for it. Well, the fact they made the movie in secret. You know, they just <laughs> yes, made the movie, I and it's like yeah, they just made the movie in secret, didn't tell anybody, and then leaked it online. It's like here you go. It's like, well, okay. You know, obviously he wanted to do this. And apparently he stole one of the suits as well. He's like, I'm taking this home with me. So, you know, it's just, it's, I think Marvel know as well. They're like, look, it's madly successful. We have Mm. the perfect character here. We have perfect actor. Why would we put ourselves to this? Obviously, he's the only X-Men character that's going to survive that though. Oh, yeah. So I think uh, Hugh Jackman's done with the Wolverine character now. So I won't see him playing it. Actually, this kind of leads us into... Dark Phoenix is out then last week, isn't it? They're Oof. kind of bowing out of that whole continuity and universe and all that. Yeah, so I went to go see Dark Phoenix because I had free cinema tickets. Mm. And uh, my dad got free cinema tickets, so I went to cinema him, we went to go see it. And it's not a bad movie. It's just not no? a good it's just not a good movie. Like it's I think what they should have done is they should have had Logan be the last movie in that and then because that's the perfect send off right that's, it's hard to top that isn't yeah, it as far as emotional resonance but also as well it's the one that makes the most sense it's like we're saying goodbye to this you know mm. you know uh, all, Patrick Stewart is, got, is you know spoilers mm. he dies in it you know Logan dies yeah. in it it's gonna, and then it ends with the thing you know it's 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 it was a perfect way to kind of just leave it mm. but with Dark Phoenix because well one it's they remade the Dark Phoenix saga which 
for some reason they just cannot do they just don't understand how to do it no the last stand tried that the third x-men movie as well didn't it well this actually the last stand is a better movie than dark phoenix oh that's harsh criticism it's not (laughs) true man because at least something happens at least something happens in that movie yeah you know in dark phoenix nothing really happens it's very dull it's a very dull movie that's funny because, like, I mean, I would have thought the opposite problem would happen where, I mean, for anyone who hasn't read the comics at home, the Phoenix Saga spanned, what, five years of comic continuity? Something very, very big. Yeah, it's, and it's you would think fu- compressing it into a movie would make it overstuffed. Well, no, it's because, like, if, if all right, so, let's see, what's the best, what's the best parallel? Maximum Carnage was absolute garbage as a comic book storyline, right? Yeah. Stuff that into a movie, you could probably cut it down and get a pretty decent movie out of that because, you know, so much action, so much happened. Yeah. The Dark Phoenix was a much more slow, slow burn character piece as all Chris Claremont pieces are, right? Yeah, he is kind of the big X-Men writer. He didn't create them, but no. he certainly gave them their golden age, didn't he? Yeah, and he, all, the, all the stories that he did are all very slow character pieces, you know, mm. other than Days of Future Past, which you know is is kind of like an event but with this thing because they just were like oh hey you're gonna save everything with the phoenix powers and then everyone <laughs> doesn't mention it <laughs> again and then she it just kind of happens in the middle of the movie in the, in the middle of the movie and then it's like the change is like night and day it's like bang straight in it's it, it suffers from the same problem that game of thrones suffered from where while the actions could make sense they don't mm. because they're rushed well, this is where I'm getting confused. I haven't seen Dark Phoenix yet, but I did see Apocalypse, uh, the X-Men movie preceding this chronologically, and that's a whole yeah. conversation in of itself. Yeah. But in the, I mean, spoilers for the movie for that, uh, but it's uh, in the Apocalypse film, did Jean Grey use the Phoenix Force at the end of that movie in the fight against Apocalypse? See, now I understand yeah. they're also she also meets it in the start of this film is yeah. that what i understand yeah so that's why it makes no sense so yeah we're led to believe that she unleashes the phoenix force right mm. but they never mention that in the movie she just the phoenix force finds her and that's how she becomes the phoenix so yeah, it's but like, they visually a phoenix appears yeah. when she uses it though like it's yeah. we we the audience know what it is exactly and that's why it completely falls apart mm. so you know I'm, I'm saying you know if you get free tickets go see it <laughs> If you want to see it on, you know, Netflix, mm. fine. Don't yeah. go see it in the cinema. There's no point. Like, even, oh, like, that's that's a shame because, like, I know this film has been. It was supposed to be out summer last year. This the release date has been kicked around like a football, hasn't yeah, it? For it has Dark it. Phoenix and, and the New the, Mutants as well, which hasn't come out yet. I don't think that will. I don't think. Oh, that, really? Like, there was very few. There, there was talks that this movie wasn't going to come out. Like, uh, Fox spent a couple of million dollars. Like, they, they apparently they reshot this movie three times. Um, yes, I heard a rumor that the finale was too similar to the ending of Captain Marvel. Right. With shape-shifting aliens and such. Well, they still do that. They, they yeah. have the scroll, but not the scroll. Uh-huh. So, like, it's it, they have the, the scroll come in and do the Captain Marvel thing, but they don't mm. call them that, and it makes no sense, because you're like, this is supposed to be the scroll. You know, uh, this- would you, like at least consider this a decent send-off for this cast no. of characters, for the younger X-Men no. and all that? No, because no, they're not playing themselves. Everyone gets everyone gets shafted. Evan P- I went to go see it because I like Evan Peters. I'll oh, he's been the mainstay of that universe, hasn't he? Well, he's like the most popular character ever since, mm. you know, uh, Days of Future Past. But in this one, he just gets shafted. 
really yeah. i mean at the risk of getting into spoilers like how what is his involvement is it a big involvement in the film or he has a set piece at the beginning but it is an okay. impressive one and then he gets a punch and then he gets knocked out the whole movie I'm very surprised at that because yeah. the again Apocalypse has that big sequence with the mansion blowing up and yep. it seemed like he was sort of what that s- series of films was leaning on as yep. far as its appeal. Well that was it but see they leaned into kind of sending off uh, um, what's her name? Lawrence. Jennifer Lawrence. Oh yes. yes and yes. she just does not want to be there. She's like I don't care. Give me my money. I'm leaving. Well she didn't so. want to be there in Apocalypse either and I sympathised for her because she wasn't famous when X-Men First Class I think was yeah. it. Winter's Bone was the only thing she'd been in. It was yeah. So like I can understand being contractually obliged to you know appear in these films and the films kind of get sloppier as mm. they go along in terms of their production and all exactly. that kind of stuff i imagine that would be very frustrating yeah and it you know you can tell because she just doesn't she stops wearing the makeup oh yes and yes she's yes. like oh i just don't same care. with uh, the guy who plays beast right yeah. they used to be a couple from what i know but then what they do as well obviously there's a, t- a 10 year time jump so uh, magneto and professor x is supposed to be 60 but mm. they look like they do now like in real life and it's like nah come on like they just everybody's supposed to be a certain age but they don't age you know and it's like there's no point you know it's just yeah this movie was just wrapped up and shammed through the door and you know it sucks because it's like hey man i i really like first class i love first class actually um and it's it's not a good send-off but my hope is when it goes to the mcu that the x-men take the time off uh i don't particularly ever want to see another x-men movie again (laughs) <laughs> if I'm honest I do like the characters though and I think you can just pick and choose the even the Fantastic Four like you don't need to have those movies they can just be do what they do in the comics just show up it's like oh hey we need to get something fixed let's go see Mr. Fantastic oh hello Mr. Fantastic fix this they seem to be you leaning know? that way though yeah. because um, like Thor Ragnarok is like the best Hulk movie exactly in yeah. the Marvel Cinematic Universe so having the X-Men such a big cast of characters having them as ensemble players yes could do wonders for that universe it's just a question of will they do the rigmarole of setting them up again and all this kind of stuff like they they were very clever with spider-man homecoming mm. in not repeating the beats of those five spider-man movies so i'm yeah. relatively optimistic if they did an x-men movie they'd find a way to do it fresh yeah and i think that's it. if they if they kind of kick it off in a way that isn't you know isn't a repeat of what we've seen if they're just kind mm. of like oh hey there's a team they're called the x-men they do this bang you know just kind of it's like as you said uh homecoming is, is the perfect example that's like okay we know spider-man we know what he did we know we know uncle ben we know all that kind of stuff we don't need it anymore yeah. so uh you know it's it's cool that they have and apparently norman osborne is going to be the next big bad in the Marvel Cinematic yes. Universe. Yeah, or the next big kind of villain. Not not the overall villain, because that's probably going to be a Galactus, but um, Norman mm. Osborn and Doctor Doom, they're saying that's probably going to be heavily involved. And if they make Well, I Doctor mean, Doom, whatever be... about the Fantastic Four, I think Doctor Doom and the Silver Surfer are the real yes. kind of steals for the universe as a whole. They yeah. could have a lot of fun with those, even if the Fantastic Four are only kind of ensemble players. Because like, Doom is everyone's villain. He's oh, like... Man everyone has seen a picture of Doctor Doom even if they've never read a Fantastic Four comic do you, you know, know do you know what, know what a great comic is actually to read um, if you get the time uh, yeah. Iron, Iron Man as Doctor Doom oh yeah so what's, the, what's the concept behind this Doctor Doom has the it's um, he's a Stark but he's Doctor Doom you know he's um, 
he's a monarch and he makes the the, the Iron Man armor. Oh, is this an alternate universe story? Yeah, it's or? a what if. It's a what uh, if. Okay. And it's no, because really I, I was reading the Brian Michael Bendis run of Iron Man recently. I think after all that shenanigans with Spider-Man and the deal with the devil and all that kind of stuff, mm. and in it, Iron Man and Doctor Doom had a professional rivalry going, not like a superhero brawling thing, but they were both just captains of their industry and they didn't get along and all that kind of stuff. So there's a lot they could do. Oh, with yeah. his character in the universe. He's also a diplomat. There's Black Panther. There's a load of ways Doctor Doom could fit well into that universe. Well, he's a diplomat as well. Um, he also has the magic element mm. of it. So you can have him kind of play off Doctor Strange. There's just there's so much you can do with that character that, you know, the, the great thing about the Marvel Cinematic Universe is it's so old now that they can kind of do whatever they want and it will fly. Um, it's just it, yeah, you know, definitely so. after Guardians, they haven't been afraid to get a bit weird, yeah. which I really, really respect. Actually, have you? Well, we finish off here. Um, mm. I I want to make a recommendation. There's a great movie that that um, I I watched recently called The Untold Story of Roger Corman's The Fantastic Four. It's called Doomed. Have you seen it? No, I have seen the Roger Corman Fantastic Four, but I haven't seen this documentary. Where could I find it? I had to buy it online. I'll, I'll, I'll hook you up with it because um, it was very difficult for me to actually get. I had to buy it on eBay, so I'll, I'll hook you up with it. Um, if people can track it down at home, do. It's fantastic. It's a documentary covering uh, that whole thing. Because basically the Roger Corman Fantastic Four movie wasn't actually supposed to come out. It was a play to keep the rights, basically. And it was... Yes, because yeah. from what I understand, if they don't make a movie with the rights in seven years, they, they revert them. back. Yeah. Which is why we also had, I think, two different series of Fantastic Four movies in the past decade. Yeah. Just to keep that, that same deal, right? Same deal. That's exactly why. And that's why X-Men movies are released and stuff like that. But uh, it's also how the Daredevil movie rights were given up because they didn't do anything with it and they just reverted oh, back yeah. so that was written into all the contracts of um, when Marvel went bust and they sold off these properties mm. so yeah basically this movie was made and it was you know Kevin Smith was asked to do it uh, he didn't do it um, Lloyd Kaufman from Troma like imagine a Fantastic Four movie made by Troma <laughs> it's crazy and Lloyd Kaufman's in it he's actually talking and I'm like great you know uh, but then they kind of go through you know the production and all the cast thought it was a real movie and it actually you know wasn't and uh yeah so i would say you know pick that up i think you'll really really enjoy it Kane. so um it, I, th- I definitely will and there is some odd similarities with that and the dark phoenix situation where this movie sat made for two years and yeah. then eventually i thought the same thing was going to happen to it they would sneak it out onto a dvd or something like that no it just they just ha- kept it in the vault actually how it, how it was released is two two of the people who worked on the movie went in and stole the print are you serious no I'm serious deadly serious he went in and stole the print and that's how it ended up on you know cons and stuff so holy moly yeah well I think fans always find a way don't they they do they do well the way they see it is it's like you know we spent so much time on this we kind of want something out of it you know so um, exactly yeah why not I mean if they put all the work in exactly but uh, no you know uh, instead of watching the Roger Corman movie you know anyone listening at home I would say you know track down this movie it's on Amazon Prime if you use a VPN as well so um, it's it's able to be seen uh, but you know pick up the DVD copy support the creators because it's of course because the more you support these things the more of them get made in the yeah. long run like yeah and it's it, it, it's a great treat I loved it I sat there and I watched it and I was like this is fantastic but anyway <laughs> uh, Keen, we have come to the end of the show can you believe oh, it oh that's a shame uh, it's, cr- it's crazy This is, you know this is the quickest hour of radio um, I've ever done 
Oh, well, that's very flattering. Thank you. I'm looking forward to the next time we can do this. Definitely, definitely. And guys, for everyone listening at home, we're going to, uh, you know, obviously keep our content going. I know we've been a bit on and off, but Keen has come on full-time now to do the show. So um, we're going to be, you know, getting out content every week. Goes out on Saturday on Phoenix 92.5 FM, obviously 5 p.m. And then on nerdtoknowmedia.com, SoundCloud, iTunes, all that kind of good stuff on Spotify as well. Just search for Nerd to Know Media and you'll be able to find everything that we upload there as well. Keen, before we go, is there anything you would like to plug, sir? Uh, no, I have not got anything to plug at the moment. I'm just thrilled to be here and I'm looking forward to coming back again next week. Fantastic. Uh, guys, again, if you want to uh, check out the show, nerdtoknowmedia.com. My Twitter is at DaraWV. For my co-host, Keen, for Bryn, I'm Dara O'Connor. We'll talk to you then. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.